Hello everyone, and thank you for being here on this new episode of the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast. Today we are going to be finishing our short series, The Unshakable Word of God. Today's message is on the importance of the Word of God as we look over the entire Bible, New and Old Testament, to see just how they are important and how they still apply to our lives today. So stick around for that. So, welcome into the podcast. My name is Logan. Thank you for joining us here today. Uh, Before we get started into the lesson today, I just wanted to make a quick disclaimer. Um, I know a lot of people have actually been, uh, I got a few comments in the last episode. People were talking about how they heard a lot of uh, paper rustling in the background and stuff like that. So, I just wanted to clarify real fast. Um, I do not enjoy using uh, cue cards or using like an iPad for anything to get my scripture references from. And I just have so many of them. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to, to memorize that many. Um, making these lessons weekly, trying to memorize those kinds of scriptures. Obviously, there are ones that maybe I use enough that I just get memorized. But, you know, I don't know every single scripture reference. I don't know every single verse out of the Bible. I'm not going to pretend that I do. So, uh I don't feel like using cue cards. I don't like using anything electronic or just writing down the verses. I, I like using an actual Bible and finding those verses and reading them to you. And um, I'm good enough to be able to flip through the Bible pretty fast to be able to find the verses from reference to reference. So that's what I do. That's what that that, that rustling in the background, that paper in the background was. Um, I know it was kind of prevalent in the in the second episode, uh, the first one of this this series. So I just wanted to make that clear. But today we are going to be finishing our our series, our mini-series, The Unshakable Word of God. Today we're going to be finishing, today's lesson is entitled, The Importance of the Word of God. And that is what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about why the Bible is important. Old Testament and New Testament. And just to set this up, there, there, there are fringe a far fringe part of progressive Christianity is actually advocating that we just remove the entire Bible. That we throw out the Old Testament and the New Testament. The progressive church, by and large, holds as, as a, a large faction belief that the Old Testament should just be thrown out. We, we have popular preachers like uh, Andy Stanley. Who, who teaches that we just need to unhitch from the Old Testament because he believes that it is problematic. It's problematic for new believers. That's not a reason to unhitch it. If we... the Everything within the Bible can be problematic to someone, and the, the principles applied within the Bible are problematic even to Christians. Think about... Think about your biggest temptation in life, and then think about the verse in the Bible that says that it is wrong. Is that verse not problematic for you? Does a deep part of your flesh just wish that that verse maybe just didn't exist so that you would be able to indulge in your biggest temptation? The Word of God is problematic for our flesh. But it is perfect for our spirit. 
So today we are going to be looking at the entire Bible. There's a fringe part of progressive Christianity today that believes that the entire Bible is problematic and that Christianity just needs to unhitch from the entire Bible. Today we're going to be speaking to those people. We're going to be to, to, to be hopefully taking down those claims. If you are somebody out there that believes this, I implore you to continue to listen, to, to be able to listen to this entire message so that I can hopefully convince you that the Word of God is something that should be cherished. It is something that should be held on to. Um, if you didn't listen to the last episode, I, I encourage you to go back and listen to the last episode, The Importance of the Old Testament. Um, that would be a, a good companion podcast to listen all, along with this one. So what is the Bible? The Bible is the inspired Word of God. And 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God. So we understand that scripture, it is inspired by God. It is from God. It might have been physically written by man, but it was divinely inspired by the Lord. We also know that the Bible is used for teaching. 2 Timothy 3.16, once again. For it is beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be fully capable and equipped for every good work. So we know that that, that is its purpose. Based off of that definition, it has not lost its purpose between when a lot of it was written maybe in 50 and 60 AD to... 21st century, it hasn't lost its purpose. Something great that my grandfather told me, it was on the day that I was baptized. After I was baptized, I returned to the sanctuary and everything. And I was sitting there and the pastor started and everything. And my grandfather, he gave me a little slip of paper and it had Bible on it. And then it said, basic instructions before leaving earth. And reading that, sunk so deep into my spirit. At, at that time, reading that and then looking at my grandfather, I thought that he was like Solomon or something because I thought this was like the most brilliant thing that I've ever heard. Look at what he did with, with, with the word Bible. Um, turns out that that phrase is, is, is pretty popular. I didn't know that at that time, but now I do. But the phrase still applies. Even though it is a pretty popular phrase, it is... It's popular for a reason, and it's because there's a lot of truth in it. The Bible is our basic instructions before leaving earth. God instructs, us, God instructs us, Christians, with the Great Commission on what we are to do. We are to go out into the world and to make disciples. God instructs those that are Christians. Jesus said the only way to the Father is through him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. God instructs Christians even further in the way that we are to walk. Through the book of law, he discusses the morality that we are to walk in. He discusses the paths that we are supposed to take. He also discusses his will, teaches us how to pray, tells us of our future in Revelation, gives us hope and instruction for our death in the afterlife. And I am just scraping the very top top of the barrel on the, the lessons and the things that are within this book. We have examples from the lives of godly men and godly women in the Bible. Noah, 
Abraham, Esther, Job, David. We have so many great examples that we can use from this work, from the Word of God, and be able to incorporate lessons and morals into our own lives. Finally, it is God's written record of His work through the ages. We see a lot of that, especially in the Old Testament, giving a, a written record um, in a way, a historical account. But we can pull a lot out of those historical accounts. Seems like a lot of people, especially within the Christian church, uh, the progressive Christian church, view some of the things and a lot of the things within the Old Testament as basically just stories. Just story time. Story time, we can take this to children's church, we can teach the kiddies a fun little Bible story. Um, but in terms of applying it to your life and stuff like that, we don't know of anything really within the Old Testament that can be applied. And that's just because they don't want to teach what's applied in the Old Testament. And that is just an absolute shame. So what are some of the things that we learn from the Bible? And I've already been discussing some of that, but one of the big ones, and one of the ones that we're going to be focusing on here today, and why it is so important, is we learn about God's character. Because when I said that we, in the Old Testament, especially in the book of law, it lays out the, the rules and the morals. Progressive church, I guess, believe that they can make their own rules, their own morals, they can figure out. And I don't know. I mean, if man sits down and they write out their own rules and their own morals, we already know that man is flawed, so they're not going to be 100%. But maybe they hit some of the big ones. Um, no adultery, can't murder people, stuff like that. Maybe they'll hit some of the big ones. But in the end, it is still going to be flawed. We can say, well, you know, I just feel like, you know, I accepted Jesus, so I'm going to heaven. So there's no assurance for that faith when we throw out the Old Testament. Um, the, the entire Bible. I keep referencing the Old Testament because that was the last that was the last one, but we're doing the whole Bible here today. So you have no hope, you have no assurance. You can say, well, I, I have hope in God that he's going to save me because I accepted Jesus. Um, I don't have any scriptural reference. I don't have any scriptural assurance. Just the hope that I can muster up in my own spirit. But one of the things that we just would not be able to learn and understand. To a degree, you might be able to, but by and large, I believe that one of the biggest things that we can learn and that we are taught out of the Word of God is about God's character. We learn about God's character. We learn about God's love, 1 John 4, 8. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We learn that God is love. We also learn that God is eternal. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We learn that, well, God is all-knowing. If you turn to Isaiah, <clears throat> excuse me, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 and it reads, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. And you also learn in chapter 40, verse 28, Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is insurmountable. Those are just a few examples that I want to bring up. In addition, we, we learn so much more about God's character. 
We learn so much more about God's character. We learn about the peace that we can get from God. We learn about the grace of God, the mercy of God, the forgiving spirit of God. We also learn about the wrath and the judgment of God. We learn that God is fair. God is great. God is mighty. God is holy. He's omnipotent. Omnipresent. God is awesome. And we would barely be able to grasp, maybe we would not even be able to grasp the concept of God. Because at this time, our understanding of God as it stands today, even with the Bible, is so finite and so small. Our understanding of God would be practically, if not nothing, without it. What else do we, we, we learn, we learn about God because we learn about the fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 through 22, 23, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are not just something that we just acquire. We do acquire them, but they're much more than that. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are are some of the greatest attributes of God. God is love. God is joy. God is peace. He is patient, kind, good, faithful. He is gentle, and he exercises so much self-control over mankind. We also learn about the law. We learn about the law from the Bible. And if you go with me to Romans chapter 7, we're going to be looking at verse 12. Chapter 7, verse 12. Paul writes, So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. I'm going to read that again. So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. So the law, the law, which is this entire book, the law is the word of God. The law is the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. It is holy. It is holy, it is righteous, and it is good. So why would we ever want to throw it out? Why would we want to say, we don't need it, let's just, let's just throw it out, we don't need it, let's toss it out, we can get by on our own. Why would we do that? Why would we toss out something that's holy? Something that's good. Something that is righteous. It makes no sense. We also learn the basis for sin. We, we learn about sin. We learn about our sinful behaviors. We learn about why we are the way that we are. Genesis 1 Genesis 3, 1 through 13, and in fact, I'm going to read it today. I didn't read it in the last episode. I alluded to it today. We are going to read it. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it. Or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. 
For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you have given to me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is it that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Here we learn the basis for our sin. Why do we sin? Why do we fall into sin? Why are we like this? Why, why am I battling these temptations all the time? Why am I always falling into disobedience? It is because of this right here. We learn the basis for our sin. Additionally, another great reference when talking about the basis for our sin is out of 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. John writes, Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. So, that, excuse me, that was more of a, we learned the basis for our sin, but we also learned what sin is. Sin is lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness, and those who practice sin are lawless. We also learn that the Bible, the Word of God, is eternal. Luke chapter 16, verse 7. Verse 17, excuse me. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of a letter of the law to fail. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of a letter of the law to fail. The Word of God is, it is eternal. It is infallible. And we want to just unhitch it. We want to unhitch it. We also learn about the future. I previously referenced this. We, we learn about the future, what our future is, specifically in the book of Revelation. We learn about the future of the earth. We learn about the end times. We learn about what will happen when Jesus returns. We also learn about our future throughout all of the Gospels. Additionally, in the epistles, Paul references how when we die, if we have trusted Jesus, that we will be called up into the clouds. He references that in, in First, Thess First Thessalonians. What else is the Bible? It is God's way to communicate with us. How many times, and, and, and a lot of people, definitely, if you have a close relationship with God, you will know what I'm talking about. It is God's way of communicating with us. When we sit down, 
and we go into devotion, when we go into prayer, when we are studying the Word of God, I can't tell you how many times I have just read a passage that has just punched me in the face, basically. Just punched me in the face with, with the truth of the passage. Just convicts me right to my soul, or maybe it guides me in a way that I wasn't thinking. Um, just here recently, I, I learned about a major setback. It was going to be a major setback in my education. And somehow, I, you know, I got, I was reading and I stumbled along Exodus chapter 3. And that was when Moses um, killed an Egyptian, killed an Egyptian, and he was forced out into the wilderness for 40 years. And during that 40 years, God trained Moses. And I just thought to myself, is this what this setback is? Because it was a setback that was going to set me back um, quite a bit in time. It was going to cause uh, it was going to cost me a lot of time. And I thought to myself, is this setback? Is it so that I can I have to spend more more time being trained by you, God? Is it so that I can learn, so that I can improve? At this time, I can tell you, I haven't gotten the, the answer back on that. I'm still faithfully and obediently waiting an answer from God concerning that. Um, we're, we're still playing out in, in that time of waiting. But my faith and my trust and my obedience in God is just the same today as it was yesterday. And in God's, it's his way of communicating with us. And I feel as though that passage from... Exodus was God's way of communicating with me. That was God reaching out to me, saying, it's okay. I just need more time to train you. I need more time to work with you. And God can do that in a variety of situations with any passage from the Word of God. And it's specific to your scenario, to what you're going through. But it is His way of communicating with us. It is also the guide for our Christian faith. The epistles, they are the guide. They have the application for our Christian faith and how we are to walk. It also grows our maturity in Christ. Flip back with me to Joshua. Uh, we're going to be going chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua 1, 8. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you will be careful to do according to what is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. It is the walk in our Christian way of life. In our Christian walk, we want to have success. We want to have success. We want to be prosperous. And here, we are told that we are to meditate on this book. We are to meditate on the Word of God day and night. We are to be careful to do according to what is written in it. So that we can be prosperous, so that we can be successful, so that we can be faithful to God. And so that we can carry out His will. Finally, the Word of God leads us into an incredible relationship with God. You cannot have an intimate, close relationship with God without the Word of God. It's impossible. I cannot grow 
close to the Lord, I cannot have that intimate fellowship with him without reading his Bible, without reading his word. For me to tell God, you want to know what this Bible that you've given us, it's it's feeling a little old. It's feeling a little outdated. So I'm just I'm going to I'm just going to push it aside and you know, I still love you. I'm you know, I'm 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 going to preach. I'm going to preach the gospel. Well, I'm not going to preach the gospel because that's the word of God. Um, but, you know, I'm still going to give up. I'm still going to get up. I'm going to teach my Sunday school lesson. But we're just going to exclude the word of God. You can't do that. You can't do that. There is no conceivable way to be able to do that. So we need to be very careful of the future. We need to be very careful with where what we are allowing people to do. The old phrase, give an inch, they take a mile. We cannot budge on the issue of the Old Testament. Many in the progressive church, and it is becoming very popular to throw out the Old Testament in the words of Andy Stanley, unhitch from the Old Testament. We cannot do that. Because the next step is to unhitch from the Bible. And there was a comparison that I was just thinking about earlier. And that is we have seen something in America here recently. We have seen the rise of socialism in America. And 10 to 15 years ago, if I would have said that in 2021, America would have been, would have had actual declared socialists in politics, socialists running for president, socialist policies being implemented and put in place, you would have called me crazy. You would have thought I was insane. Look at where we are now. This, just, and, and my point with that analogy is that things that you think are far fringe, things that you think are insane and could never happen, you find out that the fringe can quickly become the mainstream. And today we are already battling. Partly in mainstream Christianity, the idea of unhitching from the Old Testament. And on the far fringes, we are seeing the idea of unhitching from the Bible. Within 10 to 15 years, you could see the far fringe of throwing out the entire Bible becoming mainstream. That is something that we cannot allow to happen. That is something that we need within the church to stand up and to fight for. Do not allow your pastors to throw out the Bible. Do not allow your pastors to unhitch from the Old Testament. Do not allow your teachers, your leaders to do this. This is something worth fighting for. This is something that we have to draw the line on 
and say, no, we are not unhitching the Old Testament. We are not going to throw out the word of God. A lot of people will question that tactic. They'll question what I'm saying and they'll say, how can we do that? We, we, we don't want to cause division within the church. If we throw out the Bible, there is no church. The It will divide the congregation so much. It will destroy Christianity if we allow this to happen. So you want to know what? It is worth standing up and fighting for. It is worth saying, no, we're not going to do that. It is worth reproofing. It is worth correcting those teachers, those false teachers. Remember, that is who you are fighting. You are fighting false teachers and you are correcting those that have been led astray by them. That is who we need to fight. That is who we need to stand up against to defend the integrity and the importance of the Word of God. Well, that's all that we have here for today on the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast. I want to thank you for, for joining us, for being with us here today. Be sure to tune in next week. Um, we're going to be putting up um, maybe a book, uh, not a book, maybe a podcast on probably a cultural issue. We're, we're probably not going to do another lesson. Probably be a, a cultural issue and cultural commentary. That is what next week's episode uh, is probably going to be. So be sure to tune in for that. My name is Logan. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. God bless. Have a nice day. Want more content from Saving Grace Outreach? Be sure to go to our Instagram page, like and follow us. Also, be sure to go to our website where you can find weekly devotionals that are posted and uh, weekly apologetic articles that are put up. Uh, if you found us here uh, on our podcast, then be sure to, to share that podcast, like, share it, give it around to your friends. We are on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public, and we are looking to get onto even more platforms here in the future. So be sure to share us uh, with, with your friends. And uh, thank you and God bless you for, for listening to this and for being with us here today.